Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 539, recorded live on Sunday, December 10th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who didn't want to record on Saturday, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who spent Saturday morning as a daddy-son time, Andy Lowe. Hi. Aww. You had daddy-son time. Yeah. I had war-son Conquering the universe time. <laughs> so uh, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition came out. Oh, geez. How long did that take you? Uh, well, the game was supposed to start at 8.30. We started around 9, so not not too far behind schedule. It was a five-player game. Uh, we ended around 3.30 in the afternoon. God, that game. So about six hours. Oh, six hours. With, with a break for lunch. Okay, so it's normally like when people say Twilight Imperium, I'm just like, have a nice day. Yeah, I'll see you well, tomorrow. That's, that's why I asked if we could record today. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to finish this game. It's Twilight Imperium. It goes on. It's great because you realize like after two turns that it's been almost two hours. And you're like, how did a turn take an entire hour? I don't get it. Like, where did that time just go? I'm trying to think of um, if there are any board games that take longer. Diplomacy. True. By far and away, diplomacy takes longer. Oh, uh, the Mind Hut has the uh, a page from this is from 2012. Mm-hmm. Where they talk about board games by length. Yeah. Axis and Allies. OK. Uh, the campaign for North Africa. I've heard about that. Oh, my gosh. It's a game that takes 10 players to play. Campaign for Africa? Campaign for North Africa. For North Africa? Yes. Not even all of Africa, just no. North Africa. Yeah. The best two-player game above 240 minutes. Paths of Glory. A board game geek has got a page of games that take weeks slash months to play. Ugh. This is a two-player game that takes 480 minutes. Paths of Glory is an eight-hour game for two people. Oh, jeez. I do have to say, there wasn't um, uh, DEFCON. Remember the, remember the DEFCON game? Yeah, it wasn't a board game, though. No, true. That was a computer game. But I I, uh, I loved that they had uh, they had a version that um, would take eight hours. Yeah, because it played out like in near real time. Yeah. Near real time, because like, ships could still move long distances. Yeah, planes the, the, you know, it was supposed to take during the, according to them, if I remember correctly, like, yeah, you're just supposed to, you know, go into the <clears throat> office that morning and, you know, start up the game. And then by the time you have to go home, the game's going to be done. So you just have it on in the background. You aren't supposed to be playing video games at work. That is true. Putting that out there. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> I only do it during lunch. How's your Hearthstone game? Um, well, since Kobolds and Catacombs came out, it's actually been uh, kind of fun because there's a single player version out there that's a it's a roguelike dungeon run. Yeah, I saw that. I watched someone play it. I like it. It's granted, I still haven't been able to beat all eight bosses in a row. Oh, no. I Evidently, got... the, uh, the invisibility cloak is great against the darkness. Oh, God. Or the shadow, whatever he's called. No, no, the darkness. I've lost to the darkness three times now. You know how annoying that is? Yeah, he's hard. Is? He's hard. I haven't, I haven't gotten to any other final boss other than the darkness, and it's just like, come on, this is getting ridiculous. Well, if you have the invisibility cloak against him, that's like a near instant win. Uh, I haven't actually gotten the invisibility cloak as any of my uh, options. Uh, I have um my favorite one was the uh cloak of the or the yeah the cloak of the magi which gives me plus three spell power and i was nice. a shaman okay so you so know you're doing a lot of damage yeah i could i could do a board clear with like a, a two mana cost card and it's just like yep. boom board clear but you know he, the but then dark, he summons another five five yeah and it's just like you gotta be kidding for free me. Oh. every turn every turn it's i just want to play any other final boss but you know i haven't mm-hmm. I haven't gotten that far yet, but it's it's still fun though because you know I don't I'm not playing against anybody. I don't have to worry about you know if I have the right cards. It's just you know it's a, it's a it's a, kind of like a magic sealed deck sort of tournament thing. If I'm getting my Magic the Gathering stuff correct, um, it's been too long. It has been yet. You know our Magic game is still the banner ad on our uh, Facebook page. Is it? I think so. 
I haven't actually looked at our Facebook page in a while. Exactly. We've got 27 um, likes, though. Cool. Go us. Yeah, that's us playing at Jimmy John's. That's Kate's photo from 2014. Potbelly. Not 2014. That's when we added the photo. Right. Should probably do something with our uh, Facebook page. Go for it. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Yeah, that that's not 2014, Andy, because I didn't live there in 2014. True. So, you had you had son and dad time. Yep. Yeah. We. Uh, what, what what'd you guys do? Read some books. Played around with some of his toys. Knocked down some towers. We got these little stacking cups, and he likes to knock it down. Aww. Raising a little demolition expert. Yep. Heck, the silver dome probably needed him. Ooh. Well, he couldn't have done a worse job than they already did. Nope. Did you? Uh. The, uh, I did the, not. The second explosion was actually kind of funny because they, you know, it's the second implosion. Uh-huh. But they took out the rest of the cement beams holding up the ring. And so it kind of, instead of implosion, kind of everything fell away from the building because it's a... That, that is the opposite of what they are intending to do. I know. It was like an implosion, but all they did was just take the, the top ring and just drop it down. And so everything goes to, out to the outside. I'm like, that's, that's the opposite of what you want to do. Right. Okay. You, you want it all to go to the inside. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what Andy and I are talking about, the Silver Dome, which is an old football stadium in Michigan, uh, was scheduled for demolition. And so they hired a demolition company and they, they put dynamite all around it. And they It's actually really impressive like how these demolition companies can bring down a building without causing a lot of mess and debris and like they, they implode the building and they failed. Some of the charges did not go off. So you see all the things that go explosion and then everything drops about two feet and then just sits there. And you're like, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. Nope. And like those explosions are timed to this like quarter second. Mm-hmm. This one did not work. I don't know why this reminded me of this, but there was a uh, news article. I'm adding it as the topics. Uh, Uber's top destinations for each state. Um, for 2017. I am interested in this. All right. Just take, okay, for, okay. So, um, Uber released the rankings of the top destination in each state, excluding mm-hmm. airports and major transit stations, because, you know, that would just blow everything out of the water because everybody would right. take an Uber to the airport, right? Right. Um, but for the state of Michigan, do you want to guess what the top destination was in the state? For an Uber. For an Uber. That's not the airport. That's not an, yeah, it's not an airport. I don't know. Probably something in like Lansing? Uh, close. Ann Arbor. So 65 miles close. Okay. So it's, well, so it's in Ann Arbor. It's in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor has the top destination for Uber of 2017. In all of Michigan. In all of Michigan. Where do people take Ubers? They wouldn't take it to the Michigan. Ann Arbor, you use Ubers. It's got to be a bar. Yes, you are correct. Because it's, oh my God, what bar would people take Ubers to? Ann Arbor is not that big. I'll give you a hint, Dave. You could see it from your apartment. Skeeps? Skeeps. You are correct. Skeeps. Scorekeepers is the number one destination? Yes. Uber fucked up their algorithm, man. (laughs) There's no way. There's not even enough road there. Like, what the hell? Yeah, Scorekeepers was the number one Uber destination in all of Michigan. It's everyone from, like, North Campus and South Campus trying to go to the bar. My guess is that, um, yeah, it's everybody living down by the football stadium in Yoast or, you know, down by, like, the hill area. But it's not that far a walk. In the middle of winter? I guess. Would you want to climb up that hill in the middle of winter? There's a bus. Like, Michigan students get free buses. Do the buses run at 2 a.m.? Are you going to scorekeepers at 2 a.m.? No, you're coming from scorekeepers at 2 a.m. I I just looked at this. I'm like, really? Skeeps? Out of all the places. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I love this. This is not just, you know, not just Ann Arbor. This is all of Michigan. Skeeps was the number one destination. That is just ridiculous. I know that bar. I've been to that bar. It is not that good. I know. It's just, 
Oh, I mean, it's big. That might be the thing. Like, it's just it is a massive bar. Yeah, that's oh, really oh, surprising. Oh. In New York City, it's the Met. Okay. It's like, really, you're, you're taking an Uber to the Met? I mean, you take an Uber anywhere. Yeah. So what else is in here? I, I see, let's see, cafe, pizzeria, sports, bar, sports, sports. The fuck is Toad's Place? It's got to be a bar. Yeah. Casino, Casino. a mall. Uh, that's that's part of the, uh, I think the Dolphin Mall is part of the Marlins. Okay, no, so it's a shopping sports. mall. Never mind, it's a shopping okay. mall. Okay. So mall, uh, sports, resort, bar, sports, sports, the fairgrounds. <laughs> the Iowa State Fairgrounds is the number one destination in Iowa. I think that's actually a, a true statement regardless of Uber. Like it's, you're going to Iowa. Oh, cool. Where are you going? To the fairgrounds. Yeah. Where in the fairgrounds? Because like there's no other place to go. Woohoo. Uh, gonna call it a bar, even though it says cafe. It's probably a bar. Churchill Downs for Kentucky. That one makes sense. Sports, technically. Yeah. Uh, bar slash cafe. The hell is Thompson's Point? I don't know. What's what is this number one destination in Maine? Uh, Thompson Point's outdoor venue is located on the southern tip of the point. So concerts, concerts, sports, uh, sports, bar, bar. Mall of America, <laughs> casino, sports, bar, bar, casino, the lodges at West Edge. That's a resort. Okay. Up in New Hampshire. Casino, casino, the Met, the epicenter, but that's not our epicenter. This is the epicenter in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm looking for that one. Uh, entertainment and Life Flight. Research. Okay. So bar? It's a uh, concert venue. Saloon, that windbreak saloon that's a bar slash concert venue because yep. you know we've got stations in fargo so i hear about these things sports casino hotel i guess there's not a lot of places to go in oregon not that you would uber to yeah bar mall mall resort sports 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 i think so evidently like uber should look at this and be like wow we take a lot of people to sports arenas yep i wonder like Start doing packages with the NBA and NFL and MLB. Oh, that would be a neat idea where, you know, you buy your tickets and you also get like the Uber. You just get an Uber ride to it. Yeah. Or like, so here's here's an even better one for from Uber's perspective, right? Okay. Uber buys uh, a box seat, right? Like they just, they spend money, they get a box seat and then a random rider. Ooh. Going to that destination gets the box seat. That would be, that would be good. Think about everyone who's going there, who's going there anyway, yeah. who'd be willing to risk 40 or $50 to upgrade to a box seat. Mm-hmm. There you go, Uber. You're welcome. That, yeah, that would work. Or like for ones where it's like Miller Park, where it's not really a box seat, but you could get like an entire press box that would be catered. Um. Yeah, the concert venue, yeah, you could get, you know... Front row, mm-hmm. or backstage passes, or... Something, yeah. Like, I don't know what you could do for scorekeepers. <laughs> <laughs> they randomly take you to a better bar? Oh! <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... Ske- oh my yeah, god, skeet. such a... I know, that's such like... Such a bad bar. I know! I went there one time, and I said never again. Yeah, because it's just fucking gross. I would have thought like anything downtown Detroit, anything, but no. Not that many people go downtown Detroit, and when they do, they don't take an Uber. Mm-mm. Okay. Why? I don't know. It's Ann Arbor. They're pretentious. Yeah, so you'd think they'd go to a better bar. <laughs> yeah, but they're college students. So they're poor. <laughs> So they're taking then why an are Uber. They, why are they taking an Uber? <laughs> this, is, this is such a contradiction. They're pretentious, so they got to take an Uber. But they're poor, so they're going to Skeeps. Let's go what the frick is going on over there? If you have the money for an Uber, go to a better bar. Yes. So many. Be- go, go, just go to Main Street. You're already like halfway there. Just go to Main Street, do something down there. That's a lot better of a section than... Yeah, but Main Street's way more expensive. You're already taking an Uber. Could be cheap. <laughs> we don't know what Uber charges in Ann Arbor. 
I don't know. Yeah, it also depends on the you know surge pricing. Is it and surge? I mean, if you're going to scorekeepers, it probably is automatically surge pricing. Have you ever actually taken an Uber? Once in Washington D.C. to the airport. I took it. We took it twice when we were down in uh, Orlando. It wasn't bad be. actually. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than the uh, the taxi fares. That's for certain. Yep. It is a terrible way to make money, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I I know um, some of the part timers at work because they're you know they're part timers. They also do Uber on the side as well, and yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a terrible terrible way to make money mm-hmm. uh, because in all the things that Uber publishes about like oh here's how much you make here's your takeaway here's et cetera et cetera in none of that do they add in the cost of your car so the the wear and tear. Yeah. From just driving your car. Um, which, you know, if you have a car that you don't really care about. Oh, but you, you still are going to have to pay that cost. Yeah. When, like, something breaks in your car, you're going to have to pay for that. Yes. Especially if your car is your source of income. Yes. The, um, there was, the, like, when I was doing the, the Census Bureau stuff, there was a bunch of people that were like, you know, oh, I don't want to do the, the I don't want to drive my car. You know, the, the, the money that you make back isn't worth it. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, it, no, it is. Because, you know, they said like, oh, yeah, no, you're required to have insurance for your car. And it's just like, well, you're required to have insurance in Michigan anyway. Yeah. And like, you know, I was driving the, uh, the Benz at the time. So I didn't care how many miles I put on that thing or what it looked like. Your diesel powered Benz. Yes. And you know, it was one of the times where I was there for one of the few overtime chances. And, um, yeah, I just, I went through the math with somebody and he's like, dang, you know, (laughs) I should have taken that (laughs) courier position rather than taking the supervisory position. And I'm like, that's why I didn't. (laughs) You have to deal with people for eight hours a day. I just get in my car and drive around. Yeah. Listening to audiobooks and podcasts. Yay. That's coming up again soon, isn't it? Yep. And it's going to be a cluster. Uh oh. Well, there currently is no director of the Census Bureau. Uh oh. Why is there no director of the Census Bureau? Because the last guy resigned due to the fact that uh, it was. It was something. But yeah, no, there currently is no director of the Census Bureau. That's not good. No. Yeah, there's, heck, the New York Times just posted an article on December 9th. With 2020 census looming, worries about fairness and accuracy are already in place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Census director resigned back in May 10th, and they still have not found a replacement for him yet. Oops. Andy, you want to go lead the census? No. (laughs) No. Looking for a, a few good folks to uh, count everyone in the country? Well, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, now with the Republicans in control, like, you know, they could try. They wanted to, uh, if I remember correctly, he resigned also because th- some of the uh, people wanted to add kind of politicized questions to the census forms. Yeah. Asking if they were a um, if they were a, a legal U.S. citizen or something like that. Whoa, that's not good. But yeah, no, the uh, next year is the dry run where they're going to take a uh, basically their plan for the entire country and run it in test areas. And then 2019 is going to be the actual groundwork where, you know, people are going to go out and verify that, you know, where all the streets are, where all the houses are and all that jazz. And then the actual thing's going to be 2020. So, yeah, no, we are literally on the cusp of the the, the start of everything. And, yeah, there's still no director no of the director. Census Bureau. Oopsie. Yep. So yeah, it's it's not going to be good. Not going to be good at all. So Tesla been in the news a lot lately. Yep. Like especially in the news circles that you and I operate in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean a lot lately. Like there's four different friggin' topics for Tesla. Yeah, I have a uh, I have a Google news alert for Tesla. Uh, it must just be going wild. Well, I, I changed it to just one time a day. The only problem is I did that at like 11.50 at night. So that's when it gives it to you? Yeah, so I got to change. I should probably change that while I'm here right now. So we'll actually, you know, we'll send me the alert in the middle of the day. Yep. Go ahead. I'll wait. No, no. You, you start talking about a topic. So I can do two things at once. <laughs> okay. Uh, so first off, their their Australia plant turned on. Good. The the power supply for South was the South Wales or just South Australia? Uh, I think South Australia. Yeah. Uh, so they they turned on. They're running and they made it within their hundred days. So 
Australia owes them quite a bit of money, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're good for it. And their power issues are gone. Good. This was the idea of like, we have a lot of wind and solar power, but wind and solar doesn't really stick around. No. Like the sun it, does set. The sun sets and the wind stops. And if yep. that happens at the same time, then you have problems. And so the, the battery farm is there to handle that. Uh, so that's up like and a giant capacitor. Yep. Well, that's exactly what a battery is. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, other news that's not posted as a topic. Boeing challenged Tesla. Uh, Dave, if you refre- uh, refresh the Did you page, add that? Space race is on. All right. So it is a topic. Yes. Boeing challenged Tesla. This was I, this is I have mixed feelings on this. I, I just want to say I have, I have very mixed feelings about this idea of two private companies having enough money to challenge each other to put people on Mars. Maybe maybe, you know, maybe it's time to share some of that wealth. It's Boeing, though. I mean, I don't think they're going to share the wealth, yeah, or go to Mars. No, I or think both. they have. I think they have the possibility. If there's two people, or if there's two companies in the world that can go to Mars, it's SpaceX and Boeing because both those are the two. But Boeing doesn't do rocketry. You know they do. Do they? Yeah, they do they, aircraft. They they do. Oh man, they do rocketry. Okay. Yeah, they uh they're currently working on the space launch system, which is the uh the new they, basically uh, their new Atlas rocket. Okay. I didn't realize that was Boeing. Well then yeah, I guess they've got a shot at it. But again, like that's really cool and all guys, but maybe maybe we could have like been putting that money to making things better here. Maybe like making better airplanes? I mean their planes aren't bad. Yeah, um, just in case you're wondering, Dave, the Saturn V rocket was built was by Boeing? Boeing and Douglas. Okay, well then, I did not know that. I learned something new today. So that's the thing. Uh, the CEO of Boeing was reported as having challenged uh, Tesla, saying like, oh, we'll, we'll beat them to Mars. And then Elon Musk tweeted back, and then Boeing's like, game on. So that's that's a thing. Yep. Uh, Tesla's trucks have been making the news. They got another customer announced. Ooh, who is this one? Anheuser-Busch. St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. Budweiser. Yep. Now brought to you in a Tesla electric semi. 40. They ordered 40 trucks. Dang. Okay, so they plan to use the Tesla trucks for shipments to wholesalers lying within 150 to 200 miles of its 21 breweries. Right. So, it's, I mean, think about it. That's two trucks per brewery. Yeah. Right? And they said something like 90% of their wholesalers, of their distributors, are within that 200-mile range. Nice. So if I'm Anheuser-Busch, I tell my distributors, we'd like to build or use your power or build a, a charging station. You ship the the beer there in a truck, you let the truck charge, and then you drive it home. Well, if it's within, you know, 200 miles... You, you could do the round trip on a single yeah. charge. Yep. I love this. The... Senior Director of Logistics Strategy of Anheuser-Busch says that the company spends around $120 million each year on fuel. I believe it. Yeah. Dang. $120 million just on fuel. Yeah. I want to know what they spend on electricity. I oh, guarantee you it's higher. Don't, yeah, don't even think about that. You know what's really scary is when you start looking at the electric bills for a 10-kilowatt AM station. Yep. Yeah, and then you think, you know, oh, what was the one that just got built? Hold on. Uh, Nautel, which makes uh, radio transmitters. They just built one. Uh, hold on, let me find the news article. Uh, two megawatts. Hmm. They built a radio transmitter that is two megawatts. And that's, con- that's I mean, that's, that's continuous. Yes. Right? Because it's a transmitter. Yes. What kind of range does a two megawatt transmitter have? Well, it all depends on the frequency. Okay. Within the AM band, it depends on frequency? Well, no. It, um, well, yes, actually, the AM band also depends on it there. But, um, okay, let's hit that. Uh, 90% efficiency. So then they, you know, that 2 megawatts actually got to get, you know. 1.8 megawatts. No, no, no. 2.2 megawatts of power in because it's only 90% okay. efficient. 
So the rating on it is not the input, it's the output. Yes. Okay. Uh, the, the, the signal of its operation can be heard on 540 kilohertz all over Europe, as well as in parts of Africa, Russia, and Asia. So it's all of Europe. Yeah. Plus some. Plus Africa and Asia. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a very strong signal. Yeah. Just trying to think of, you know, how much power is just literally going into the air. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, two two megawatts literally just getting evaporating thrown into the air. Into space. Into space. Well, not as, really because as photons. The, well, most of the antenna systems are actually designed to not, you know, broadcast up but instead broadcast out. Yeah, but Andy, if you go out far enough on a curved surface. Most of the stuff though is uh reflected via sky waves. Correct. Most of it is reflected. Yeah. So. Is it all reflected? No, it's not all reflected, but the power level that actually escapes the Earth's atmosphere is not that much. Granted, no. you, you learn about this doing ham radio stuff. And and once it's out of the atmosphere, how many things are out there to stop it? Not a lot. The uh, uh, XKCD actually did a comic about that. Of course they did. Yeah. Relevant XKCD. Yep. Um, it. Uh, sorry, I was looking at the, uh, uh, your Amazon Echo can talk to Santa Claus. Oh, joy. Yep. Thanks, Echo. Yep. That's that's really what I wanted. I appreciate that. Um, other Tesla news, because there's still more. There's <laughs> still more Tesla news. Jeez. These guys have been busy this these last couple of weeks. Um, uh, good or bad? There's two more. Which one do you want to hear? Uh, let's start with the good and end with the bad. The good. This is good for Tesla, at least. Um, so in several states, Tesla cannot sell directly to consumers, Michigan and Missouri, except that now they can in Missouri, but not Michigan. They won the court case in Missouri. Nice. Which may possibly be used as precedent and they can now go back to Michigan and start going like, no, no, no. Take a look. The Missouri court said this was cool. Which I wonder what Ford thinks about this. Because that's, that's kind of where I think that the dealerships are kind of scared, is the fact think, that, you know... I think Ford doesn't give a fuck. They're different markets. Two automobile manufacturers are different markets. Andy, is the same person who is considering buying a Ford F-150 going to buy a Tesla Model 3? Is the person who's going to buy a Ford Focus the same person who's going to buy a Model 3? Probably not, given that the Ford Focus tops out at $40,000. How much does the Model 3 cost? I don't remember off the top. It's been so long. Didn't it start at 60000 No, Model 3 starts at 35000 Oh, okay. Well, then there's a little overlap. Well, shit, then. Yeah, Ford is going to be worried. Well, no, I think they might actually be. Well, I don't. I you see, I don't know what the relationship is between Ford and its dealerships. So I don't know if it's like a good relationship or a bad relationship or what. But I have a feeling like you know Ford and GM are looking at the Tesla model, going, "Well, wait a second, you know." I mean, maybe. do you think Ford wants to sell directly to the customers? I don't know. Most of the time, if you go to like you know the the page where you know you can build your own, yeah. Car, most of the time, like, you know, you'll build your own car and they'll be like, okay, I'll be ready in eight months. Or you can go look at these dealers who have, you know, cars close to what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find any news articles about this, trying to do Ford direct sales and tech Teslas. Now, this is all dealers, dealers, dealers. No, well, what does Ford think of this? But you're not, whatever. Right. So good for Missouri. So hopefully, yeah. you know. Hopefully, well, hopefully good for Missouri. Certainly good for Tesla. Yes. Very true. Is Tesla publicly traded? Yes. How's how's their stock looking? Half the Google reports that I get for Tesla is all about everybody, you know. Oh my god. Talking about their stock. Yeah, $315 a share. That's impressive. It just dropped a little bit. Yep. Like relative to where it was back 6 months ago. Yeah, but if you look back a year or 5 years, man, if you had bought Tesla 5 years ago, literally yeah, 10 times the money. Yep. Yeah, Shit. I had uh, I had a professor who uh, when I was uh, when I was taking classes over at KVCC, we were talking about you know technology stuff there, and I talk you know I was trying to convince him about you know how Tesla and electric cars and that sort of stuff there, and he came back and he's like you know I you convinced me to buy you know some shares of Tesla, and I'm sitting there thinking like I should have done the same shit <laughs> back when it was thirty three dollars a share. 
now it'd be ridiculous because now, you know, you're already up there and you're going to, yes, you can go up, but most likely you're going to go down sooner or later. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's the bad news for Tesla? Uh, it's actually bad news for everyone. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's not, that's not good. Um, Tesla, um, among the other things that they make, they're, they're really kind of making a lot of batteries and the, the materials for batteries are not actually rare, but they take time to, to mine and process and build. Yeah, there's not and, a lot of lithium around everywhere. I, I mean, there, there's a lot of lithium. Let's be clear. I know that people are saying that, like, oh, no, we're coming up to a lithium shortage. That's that's actually not really as true as people make it sound out to be. It's like people going, like, oh, no, there's a helium shortage. Like, guys, these are the low numbers on the periodic table. These are some of the most common elements in the universe. Just putting that out there. But it takes time to get the lithium, right? Like, it exists, you just, you have to mine it. And you don't always mine it in its pure form, so you have to refine it, you have to purify it. Um, there's a shortage of materials, of, of, like, battery materials. There's a global shortage of this kind of battery. Yeah, half the world's known reserves are located in Bolivia. Yeah, but again, those are the reserves. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that's already mined. It's like when people talk about the U.S. helium reserves, we're not talking about the helium that's in the ground. Uh, no, the financialist stated that the demand for lithium was growing at more than 12% a year, which that rate exceeds product, uh, projected availability by 25%. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Because, yeah, man, lithium is freaking in everything. Well, it's in lithium-ion batteries, yeah. which I've now learned a little bit more about, like, the production of that, thanks to Factorio. <laughs> uh, I've been playing a Factorio mod where it increased, like, the steps for production to make it more realistic. Oh. So for lithium-ion batteries, you have to get, like, thermal water to get lithia, to get the lithium, to get the lithium chloride... Like it just it increases every step of the production chain. Oh jeez. So those I, I think that's it for Tesla. I think. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's interesting. A U of M and Ford Motor Company study found that there were enough resources to support global demand until twenty one hundred. And maybe by then we'll have moved on to the next form of battery. Yes. Yeah, because I I know there are people working on batteries all the time. Yep. Because it's an important question. How Mm -hmm. do you store power? Yes. If Factorio has taught me anything, the best way to store power is to store it in steam. It is not the best way to store it. Do not try to store power in steam. No, that is not the best way to store power. I'm well aware that's not the right way to do it. No. Uh, (laughs) Factorio is missing a small mechanic of cooling down. Yeah, no. (laughs) So there's, there's... you can actually just boil steam from like nuclear reactors and then store it. Yeah, that doesn't as, work. As steam. And so then as you need it, you just use the steam. That that doesn't work. No? No. No? Why why not? If you really wanted to store the energy, just get a big huge freaking giant flywheel. Evidently that's a thing now. Yeah. People are doing that. Yep, because you know, inertia. You is just a thing. get it magnetically levitated. And spinning yep. in in a sealed environment, and if it's big enough and massive enough, you can like actually just store energy with it. Yep. Of course, if it breaks, you're in trouble. Yes. Huh? There's a new what? Ready Player One trailer out now. Yes, it like just came out, and I want to watch it, but we're recording. <laughs> I know. I see that too, and it's just like go. Like, can, can we hurry up so I can watch the trailer? Yes. Well, we can't really hurry up. We just no, have we, we have a time, right? Yep. Um, Pokemon Go just updated. You still playing? I am. Much less. Much less. But I am still playing. Um, the things that they updated this time. It's, it's interesting because they updated it with, like, very little fanfare. It's just like, yeah, it's the next, step, it's the next update, next patch. Here you go. Um, but there were the big thing in it was that they released some of the third generation Pokemon. So those are out in the wild. Now you can go catch them. So these are the Pokemon that I actually don't know about because I haven't, you know, Did you I knew know about Gen the one, gen? I knew some second gen, but third gen, when I start getting to Ruby and Sapphire, I did not pay attention whatsoever. Yeah. So this was the Hoenn region. Yeah. Nope. That's Greek to me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of the, the least important part of of the update is like yeah new pokemon go catch them yeah new pokemon is the least part <laughs> least important yeah part of so the 
the other stuff that they did, um, they they really added a few features that probably should have been in the original base release. Okay. Um, weather oh. is now in. Well, that's neat. And so the map changes based on the weather. Uh, you have like cloudy, stormy, rainy, sunny, uh, <laughs> so- snow. So if I want to collect a water Pokemon, I should have to go out while it's raining? You don't have to go out while it's raining, no. But if it is raining... Now keep in mind, your phone is not actively informing the game of the weather around you. It's using the local weather services. It's using, like, the predictions for the day. So it's it's not exactly the most accurate. Uh, it was cloudy on mine on Friday, there was not a single cloud in the sky. Gotcha. Like, not a cloud in the sky. So the the weather gives boosts to certain types of Pokemon, that they show up more frequently, that they uh, have stronger attacks. Those types of moves actually get a, a strength increase, um, and you get bonus Stardust when you catch the weather-powered Pokemon. Oh. Uh, the map also now does a gradual change from day to night instead of an instant change of like, poof, now it's nighttime. Kind of like my Google Maps. Yep. And I've heard reports and seen evidence that the in-game map is no longer using Google Maps. What? It's using the open street map. Hmm. So that's an that's a interesting change that they didn't really publicize. Uh, they also made a change to... The gym battles, because they now reflect the weather, and they fixed their really lame-ass, stupid, goddamn charge-move mechanic so that you no longer have to hold your button, your your finger on the screen to try and get it to do the charge attack. Now there's a button you just click. They have had some issues, uh, because they're doing the weather now. They figured, well, let's add some safety into this game so that, like, when... There's bad weather outside. We can inform the players and say, like, hey, you shouldn't go outside. Uh, Unfortunately, they hooked that into the weather advisory system. Oh, geez. Weather advisory system is not quite granular enough for that. And so players are getting reports of, like, it's dangerous to go outside. Be careful. It's really bad weather where you're at, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, like, sunny, 25 degrees, a little bit of snow on the ground, but that's it. So people are making fun of that right now. Well, yeah, because the weather stuff there is... We actually had to uh, had a meeting with the Michigan State Police and NOAA about the uh, emergency alert system in Michigan. That was, yeah. a, that was an extremely boring meeting. Oh, my God. I'm that, like, you got to... Were you there to sit in on it, or did you... Were well, you, because... Um, it, like, it's pretty big. Uh, one of our radio stations is the LP2 for our area, which means that we are the, um, LP1s are the primary emergency alert system for a region. Uh Uh-huh. And LP2s are literally the backup for that. Okay. So if something happens to the primary radio station, which, you know, the TV stations are also the ones that, because, you know, radio goes a long distance. Yeah. Um, the TV stations also pull from the radio stations for their alert feeds. And so, you know, if something happens with the primary radio station in an area, it falls to us as the LP2 to broadcast the emergency alerts. So, you know, we they, they invited us in there to the meeting to kind of talk about, okay, what's the future of EAS and the alerts and all this other stuff there with like the amber alerts and the blue alerts and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, the amber alerts that no one cares about. That still, you know, gets sent to your phone. Yeah. Yep. To be clear, like, people should care about it. Yes, but, you know, sometimes the amount of info listed on there. Yeah. Especially, uh, what was it, last year or two years ago, the Michigan State Police put out a statewide alert um, for, like, some missing child in Detroit. And the guys in the UP were like, well, we'll tell the guys at the bridge just, you know. (laughs) Don't let them cross. Yeah, it should be, you know, if they're coming to the UP, they should be arriving here in, like, three and a half hours. Yep. So yeah, that 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 one did not go over well. Nope. Uh, so other bad news. Uh oh. December fourteenth is in four days. Yep. And that is the that's day. That's the vote. Fuck. Or sorry, that's no, the FCC. That's the FCC it? vote, isn't it? Yeah. Shit. Yep. It's immediately going to get challenged. Well, right uh, so, now. Sorry, not the fourteenth, uh, the thirteenth. My bad. Wednesday. The the thirteenth is the vote. 
Yes. But like it is immediately going to get challenged. Well, the last one got media got challenged by the ISPs as soon as it was voted. Well, it's uh, not. Uh, it has to get printed first. Right. It has to be printed in the register. Yes. Once it gets printed in the register, then people are going to um, challenge it. Yes. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So soon. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> The outcome of the I love the Business Insider article says the outcome of the vote isn't in any doubt. Your protests and hashtag net neutrality cheats will do nothing. This is going to happen. Yeah. Yep. Which sucks. Mm-hmm. No surprise. The, uh, the the article I posted was the EFF still, you know, writing letters to the FCC going, you guys don't know really how the Internet works, do you? Nope. Or they, they know and they willingly ignore that. Yep. The article goes on to say, like, there are two options. Either they actually don't know. Or they know and they are trying to to hope that no one notices that they're being assholes and liars. Yes. Because, to be clear, the FCC are being lying assholes. Yeah. Which, um, there was a video out here. I didn't actually have this as a topic, but the uh, the FCC has a bar association dinner, which is yep. kind of like, you know, the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner, but, you know, FCC. Yeah. So it's a bunch of journalists and telecom representatives and FCC, FCC. chairs. Yeah all you know getting together in a room you know and doing their their shtick yeah and the uh the fcc chairman ajit pai was who you know used to work for verizon kind of went up there and you know poked fun at you know oh the you know i'm just a verizon shill that sort of stuff there which i feel like it's a little on the little on point yeah little little sensitive topic there so uh i think gizmodo's got his entire speech on their web i think it was gizmodo it's it's all around the internet right now. Yeah. So yeah, leaked video, uh, video shows Pai roasting himself about being a Verizon shill. Which, yeah, that's a yeah. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. He is. He is. God damn it! At least when Tom Wheeler tried this, he all of a sudden turned around and said, "Like, wait, no, this is actually like everyone in the world is telling me the opposite. Let's do the opposite." Well, it was, it's kind of funny listening to him, because, uh, you know, everybody, he's he's not FCC chairman anymore, so he's able to go out and talk about these things. Right. And he, you know, he talks about back in 2015 when he was doing this, he was like, you know, people thought I was for the cable companies back, but, but back when I was working for the cable companies, they were the outsiders. You know, they were trying to fight against the entrenched telcos of Ma Bell. So it's just like, you know. Fair point. Yeah. So it, it was actually interesting to listen to him talk about these sort of things. It, I mean, additionally, when he worked for the telco companies, he worked for them. Yeah. And then he didn't. Mm-hmm. And when he went to the FCC, he worked for the people. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what you're supposed to do. FCC is so goddamn messed up right now. Most of the government... Tell me we have a happier topic to go out on. Uh, or to happier topics, like... Well, about- Gizmodo doesn't want you to buy an Echo for anybody for Christmas. Why? I just bought an Echo. Uh, it's privacy concerns. They say, you don't need an AI robot to tell you about the weather every day. Just look outside. Or look at your phone. You already do one of these things, so just keep it up. Interesting reversal. He, they're talking about all about privacy and that sort of thing. Yeah, Keeping an internet-connected microphone in your kitchen is certainly more trouble than owning a simple Bluetooth speaker that just plays music. I, you know, don't have... I was listening to music on my Echo earlier, yesterday. So yeah, no, they're just saying not to buy privacy concerns, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Google pulled uh, YouTube off of the Fire TV and Echo Show. Because they're having a pissing contest. Yep. Um, all right. I, I have three like more positive topics. Okay. What's this cutting the cord topic, though? Uh, people are estimating that 40% of America will cut the cord by 2030. Do you guys have TV? Yeah, we have uh, cable. Okay. Well, we have, we have direct TV, so we have satellite. Okay. But essentially cable. Yeah. My parents were talking about what they wanted to do with TV. They're getting a, a TV for their upstairs office. They didn't want to put the cable on it. So they're like, what should we get? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know TVs. What do you want? Uh, but they're looking for just like a smart TV that's not smart. They just want to throw like a Chromecast on it and have Netflix and YouTube on it. And that's it. The one thing I've always uh, had a problem with Chromecast is that you have to have another device to stream to the Chromecast. Yes. 
but you have a laptop. Yeah, but I'm sitting there thinking something like a Roku, you know, you don't really need a secondary because mm-hmm. the Roku is the secondary device. Right. I mean, so that's that's why on my TV, I actually have like Netflix and YouTube built into the TV. Yeah, that's a lot of the TVs now have that. Right, because it's all you need, because that's yeah. what they want. And in fact, really what it is is just an embedded web browser. Yeah, our uh, our blue our Blu-ray player has built-in Netflix, and I think we've watched more Netflix than we have uh, Blu-rays on it. Yeah, Oops. well, it's especially since there's literally a button on the remote control that says Netflix. Same. It's it's in the Netflix logo. Yeah, you like click it, and then there's Netflix. Yep. And then you click the next one, and there's Amazon Video. And you click the next one, and there's YouTube. We we don't have the other two. We we could, uh, but we have to go into the we have to go into the internet menu, and then the internet menu we have to scroll to one of the other ones. No, no, I've got Netflix buttons. is one click. I, I wonder I how buttons. much they paid for that. Um, right, not as much as you think. Probably not. It, it yeah. really benefits both companies. But uh, yeah, the latest uh, research poll says 61% of adults age 18 to 29 say online streaming services are their primary way of watching television. Because 18 to 29 aren't really adults. I can say that now that I've moved out of that age range. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see, the 30 to 49 is... uh, 52% 52% cable or satellite subscription. Yeah, there you go. 37% online streaming and 7% digital antenna, which is over the air. Yep. It's going to continue to shift to the online streaming because that's what people know. That's what they grew up with. Yep. Which is a scary thought. Yeah, you look at it 18 to 29 to 30 to 49 to 50 to 64 to have, 65 have you, plus. Have you thought about how you're going to teach Isaac about video rental stores? Uh, we'll see if the red boxes are still around. Yep. Like imagine a red box, but an entire store. Yes, you'd walk in and it would just be shelves of 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 not DVDs. Actually, there is still a video rental store or family video up in Manistee. Yes, I am aware of it. I have a membership to that one. <laughs> a membership to that. <laughs> Sorry, that's. <laughs> well, their membership is like a buck, oh. right? So, Something like, whatever. Like it's, yeah, it's I think we used my free. dad's membership last time we were up there or something. Right. Because, yeah. like, the membership just is not that, that costly. No. And it was convenient to have the videos to rent. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, i got to find another TV with a built-in DVD player. Okay. The one up at the cottage. For Manistee? Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to Kmart while it was still open up there and bought a uh, $20 DVD player and plugged that into the television. Nice. So. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so uh, three, three slightly happier topics. Okay. And then I, I think we have to start wrapping up. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we should. Girl Scouts have added a computer science track program thing. Good. So that's awesome. Yeah, actually, our uh, niece, Kate's, Kate's sister's mm-hmm. girl, actually did a tech thing at her school. Sweet. Yeah, tells me she programmed this robot. Her and her friends are presenting at her school's tech night. Nice. I know. This is, this, cool. this is the same uh, girl that we got uh, Robo Rally for because we got her the... Uh, the turtle programming thing and she yeah. blew that one out of the water the first time we played it and i'm like okay robo rally it is yep here you go you want to program program under pressure yep in a confusing environment where everyone else is trying to mess with you yes i gotta play robo rally again i wonder if i, I could got get... it here but you know yeah but there is robo far rally. away yes i know that's gotta find I gotta find board game people in this area. Yeah. Um, the oh god, what's the full name of this thing? It's the ITER. Oh, it's the fusion reactor thing, right? Yeah, ITER. I don't remember the actual full name. I'm sure it's in. There it is. International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor. So the the testing ground for fusion reactions, essentially. This is a place that they're building. So that they can try to run fusion reactions. Good, because fusion is where it's, you know. Hopefully. Hopefully fusion is where it's at. Yeah, because, you know, you won't have hundreds of tons of, you know, nuclear nuclear waste waste that we still don't know what to do with. Um, yeah, about that. (laughs) We're we're really not sure. It's just just kind of a thing. Yeah, there's kind of just, you know, sitting everywhere. 
that'll I mean at least we we have like proof that there was once life here because somebody is going to come later some alien be like what the tens of thousands of years from now aliens will come in and be like hey what's in this cavern oh my god what the hell is this (laughs) why is there such a large quantity of nuclear residue (laughs) what catastrophic event happened to this planet uh so eider is 50 percent girl scouts are doing stem work which is awesome and uh, the other one was the James Webb Space Telescope. Oh, good. We're finally going to launch that, aren't we? In 2019. Do you remember what happened when they launched the Hubble? Yeah. Do you, do you remember shortly thereafter? Where they had to go and fix the Hubble? Yeah. And how, like, people were kind of pissed. Yeah. And and NASA had to, to, like, really, really, really struggle to be like, no, seriously, we, we're sorry, we need to pay for this, and, like, we need to fix it. It's a really expensive telescope, and it's kind of broken. They really don't want to do that again. No, that would be bad. So they're putting the, the James Webb through, like, really, really rigorous testing, and it passed another test. It is, it is one step closer. Uh, this was the test of... Can it handle vacuum and cold temperatures? Good. Well, I feel like that would be. I feel like that's all satellites. Can it handle the vacuum of space and can it handle cold? Cold, right. Like, well, but most most satellites are not quite as sensitive as the James Webb Space Telescope is. True. Right. This is a kind of an important thing. So the answer is yes. Yes, it can handle vacuum and cold temperatures. I was going to say, can it handle the heat of the sun? But oh wait, no, it's going to be always pointed on the uh, opposite side of the Earth, isn't it? Uh, it's in the L2. I don't remember which one is L2. Yes, L2 is from the opposite side of the Earth as the sun. Yeah. So it should never actually see the sun. Yeah, no, it's not actually going to orbit Earth. <laughs> right. It's actually, we're going to stick it out um 1.5 million kilometers away from the earth and it's going to literally stay in the earth's shadow the whole time yep it will orbit the sun faster than the earth but farther out yeah so that it it stays at the same line drawn away from the sun mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool the the lagrange points i love that they are a thing man astrophysics and just the, the math out there is just crazy yep L1 is between us and the sun. L2 is oh on the other side of us. L3 is on the other side of the sun from us. And then L4 and L5 make equilateral triangles with us and the sun. <clears throat> we have something at the L4 point, don't we? Uh, no, we have some stuff at L, L2. Think, we have stuff at L1 and L2. I don't know if we have anything. I think we have stuff at L4 and L5. That's where the, the uh, solar observers were. No, solar observers are at L1. Really? Because that's, cause that's, you know, between the Earth and the sun, and everything will stay in the same spot. I swear we had something at the L2 point. Well, yeah, we have stuff at L2. Uh, sorry, L4 and L5. Oh. Uh, according to the technical details, uh, there are asteroids that are orbiting the sun, Earth, L4, and L5 points. Yeah, because they were captured. Yeah. List of Lagrangian points. L1, L2, L3, L4. Yeah, L4 is where we have stereo A, and L5 is where we have stereo B. Oh. Don't tell me we don't have anything there. Sorry. My bad. Darn right. Okay. I think that's... So, random? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I am reviewing something that I just found out uh, is no longer purchasable because the company has actually gone into... uh, Liquidation. Liquidation. You can get them on eBay. Yes, you can get them on eBay. What we are talking about is the NAVD. N-A-V-D-Y. NAVD. NAVD. Okay. It's a uh, heads-up display for your car. I like this idea. Uh, My brother got it for me for Christmas. Which, I wonder where he got it from then. Uh, it, It originally was a Kickstarter. Okay. Oops. So, you know, Kickstarter worked, and then they put out the products, and then they got regular VC funding, and then, uh... But when, like, the Kickstarter was when? Uh, a while ago? Because the product was in 2014. Uh, it looks like most of the stuff was 2016. 
So I, I repeat, where did your brother get this? I don't know. It was a Christmas present. Because so, it uh, hasn't been on sale for a while. Well, I, I have one. Okay. It's a heads-up display, and so this thing will sit on your dash. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually project onto the windshield. It's got a little glass screen on, that's part of the whole design. Mm-hmm. And it broadcasts onto that one, but since you know it's a glass screen, you know you you look through it, and the focal point is all set up like that. Right. So the idea is the fact that you know if I've got my phone and I'm doing like turn by turn directions on my phone, I have to like look down away from the windshield to actually look at my phone. Mm-hmm. So this would you know put the it um, puts it in your your normal field 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 of vision. Blah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it also uh, lets you uh, answer phone calls and, you know, uh, it can read you uh, emails and text messages, uh, Hangouts, Messenger, Twitter, WhatsApp, Facebook. It basically like, you know, if you got notifications, it can, you know, pop up your notifications and you, they've got a little dial that you can put on your steering wheel mm-hmm. and you can use that to uh, um, control, use it to scroll through everything. Um, it can do... Uh, voice guidance or it can do uh just regular text on the screen Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's the basic idea for it uh so it's great that it's a heads-up display yeah Uh, the problem is the way my dash is set up and the way the my seat and steering wheel and everything are organized it's got three mounts for it it's got one where it sits right on the dash it's got a one where it sits on a little stand and there's Mm -hmm. two stands a short stand and a tall stand uh i had to use the short stand. The problem is the fact that, you know, the way my stuff is set up, having it on the dash directly was too short. Mm-hmm. And this, the small stand is about an inch too tall. Oh, no. So it's it's a bit higher up than I see in any of these pictures. Like, you look at these things there and, like, you know, it looks like the nav D is kind of flush with where your hood line is. Right. Mine is slightly above that. Okay. Um, other problem is since it's on its little stand uh some of the roads in michigan suck and so um when i hit potholes and other rough road sections the thing jiggles Ooh! so that that's kind of an uh, a bit concerning where you know you're looking at the thing and the whole thing jiggles and so the your little on screen thing bounces around um it has to plug into your odb2 port yeah so you, you gotta it's deal supposed with the, to read from the car yeah so you, you uh you have to deal with the cord that way Oh, it, it's corded plugged into ODB2? Yes. Oh. Um, also, uh, it's got a magnetic base connection for it. Uh-huh. So sometimes when the road was actually so bad... Uh, it fell off. It didn't fall off, but it bounced enough to disconnect it from the power, <laughs> and but still stay there, so the thing would just randomly shut off. Oops. Uh, the thing also uh, doesn't turn on automatically when I start my car, so I have to manually turn it on, which, you know, isn't too bad. But still, it'd be nice, you know, if it turned the car on, if it would automatically turn on on its own. Right. Would not be um, difficult to have done that. Yeah. The, um, the, I, I had originally having it, so it would, it would, uh, the voice guidance, you know, would have my, because it works with your car stereo and the Bluetooth and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It also connects to your phone via Bluetooth. Uh, the problem was, uh, if I'm listening to something on there and it would kick over to the Bluetooth on the, the phone, um, rather than, you know, the radio or, you know, the iPod controlled and stuff that I got on there, but it wouldn't wait for it to connect and switch. And so everything it would read, I would miss the first second and a half of what it was saying. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then it would kick right back again to the, the iPod or the radio or something, mm-hmm. which, you know, isn't bad if you've got, you know, directions every few minutes or so. But during, you know, with Google Maps, if you have the voice navigation on there, it will tell you like, hey, exit in two miles, exit in one mile, exit in half a mile, exit now. So every time. Yeah. So I, tur- I turned off the voice navigation. Yeah. Um, okay. It can read you your texts and emails, but once again, when I tried that, it... Uh, Chops off the beginning. Yep. But so that's then that's I went, just the Bluetooth connections issue. Yeah. Right? Like, that's your, your car's audio. Yes. But, you know, that was one of the things there was like, oh, yeah, no, it can read you your emails and text messages and that sort of stuff. Um, so I had to... It wasn't working, so I had to change it to uh, being able to read it on the screen, mm-hmm. which that can also do, which is fine. But replying is a problem because normally if somebody sends me a Hangouts or something, I can do a voice reply of something. 
Uh, the NavD isn't set up for voice to text. Really? No. That's bizarre because he does in the commercial. I know, which I don't understand how. I haven't, you know, I I don't. Well, maybe know you how could contact that. their their technical support. Oh, oh, wait, they don't. <laughs> they closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how to do the voice response to the text messages. There's a list of messages pre, like you can pre-program messages in there mm-hmm. of like you know yes, no. I'm driving. I'm driving, that sort of stuff there. You can call the person up there, which doesn't really work for Hangouts, which is what I get most of my text messages in Yep. for work. And, you know, so it's like, okay, so somebody emails me, and it's like, okay, I can't really do anything. I I know there's a problem, but, you know, I can't really. Not about to pull off the side of the road to fix it. No. Yep. Uh, they do have uh, Google Now, though, plugged in there for a strong button press. But the uh, maps don't really work with Google Maps. Ooh. So it's like, okay, I've got now a third navigation option on my phone of Google Maps, Waze, and now NavD. And so it's like, kind of wish NavD would just pull the Google Maps information because that's where I've got everything already stored. Yeah, but then they would have had to interface with Google Maps. Which is they, they do interface with Google Maps when you do the search there, but their navigation doesn't use Google Maps navigation. It's the, their own navigation, which um, sometimes does not pick the most efficient route. Because Google Maps, you know, takes the route and then they update it depending on how people drive. And so sometimes, yep. you know. Which, again, was in the commercial. Which I For- haven't seen yet in the app. So I don't Vaporware. I'm looking at- I, uh. Welcome to California. So, you know, it's it's a nice, you know, heads-up display, but there's problems. Would, it, and now would it have been worth the original retail value of $800? No. Is it worth the $200 that it's going for on eBay? I don't know. I don't want to ask that question because this was a Christmas gift. Yes. Okay. So it's a neat idea, but execution has some problems. You know, it's great that my eyes are on the road. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, you know, look down at the dash towards my phone. Yeah. You know, it's got everything that just pops up right in front of me. It's neat. There are uh, other clones out there of this. Uh, Anchor has one. Yeah. I forgot exactly what it was called. The Rove, R-O-A-V. Something like that. Some garbage bullshit. Yeah, voice-activated navigation, music, and more uh, has a uh, dashboard camera as well. So a neat idea. Yes. Execution left a little bit to be desired. Yes. Okay. So yeah, NavD, you got to eBay it now. (laughs) Yep. Which means, you know, if somebody's selling it on eBay, they have one and they don't like it. Or their their lifestyle's changing. They don't need the or, car anymore. You know, or yeah, some of the some of the newer cars. Your better. car has your car has the you know the in dash display, which probably does most of the things that this does, right? Uh, except for navigation. Oh. I mean, I have a navigation, but that's at like the radio, not on the the windshield. Yeah, no, that's that's the definite bonus on this thing here. Is it's right up there. Yeah, I do have to say it took me about forty five minutes to get this thing installed right. Oof. Because, you know, you're sitting in the car and you got to adjust the screen and then you got to sit back in your normal driving position and see if that's where you want it. And then you got to go up and adjust it again. And it was. I changed my normal driving position too often. Oh, no. I granted my normal driving position now is a bit different with the uh, baby seat right behind me. But (laughs) yeah, baby. Mm -hmm. There were also a couple of times where it accidentally answered a phone call because you can do hand motions rather than (laughs) having to answer it with the dial. Yep. And so I was sitting there driving and I'm my, you know, I'm turning the wheel as a phone call comes in and hand it over hand. my hand. Yeah. That's the other thing is my hand catches this dial all the time when I'm, you know, turning because, you know, when you're turning, you let the wheel kind of like swing back on its own. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't make me talk to Aunt Barbara. <laughs> no, there's a, there's an 800 number that keeps a spam number that keeps calling me and I just normally just, you know, let it go to voicemail, but I accidentally answered it one time. <laughs> Like, no, no, I didn't want to talk to, to shit. Yep. Granted, it's a computer recording telling me it's some lady named Nancy, which I'm like, you're a computer recording. You're not Nancy. Yeah. Hello, I'm Nancy. I'd like to call to let you know that our company is shutting down and you require a refund from Microsoft. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Especially when it tells us that, you know, hey, you need to call us back at this number. I don't think no, that's how no, it works. No, I, I, yeah, I don't think how that, nope, nope, not going to call you back. But Andy, what if what if there's money waiting for you? I'll send it to the Nigerian prince. He keeps on asking me for money to open up some bank account or something. Yep. All right, sir. Random topic. 
Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Yeah. How do you use duct tape for birth control? What? How do you use duct tape for birth control? This is Hans. Yeah. I could go with the joke answer and say, um, make clothing out of said duct tape. In in the idea that no woman in her right mind would want a, or I guess I'm a woman, no partner would want another partner who, who made clothing out of duct tape. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I know people who wore duct tape outfits and they, they definitely have partners. Now, there's the other option, like, the other interpretation of that, of make clothing out of duct tape, as in duct tape someone's clothing shut. Also could work, yes. So that they cannot get out of it. Um, technically, I, I will point out that if you if you did research into this, you could win an Ig Nobel. <laughs> because there was an Ig Nobel from a few years ago on the contraceptive powers of Coca-Cola. Oh, jeez. And that Coca-Cola is indeed a spermicide. I, I don't doubt it. Diet Cola works best. <laughs> she also does not recommend using Coke for birth control. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think duct tape as birth control would involve, like, duct taping people away from each other. That's about it. Yeah, no, this is... I, uh... I, it is not going to be effective in, like, any other... Not effective and comfortable, and we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, no, I'm... I, I'm I had my joke. All right. Left it at there. We're done. Yep, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.